so I'm very happy to be here. It's been a while. Me too. I'm excited. We haven't done this in a while. How are you feeling? Um, Much better. And uh, I hope that this will be the last of it. Of the podcast? All right. Well, it was short-lived. <laughs> of the illnesses. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm getting over something, and then my kids come home with something, and they give it to me. They give it to my wife. My wife gives it to me. I give it to her. She gives it to them. They give it to us. You know, it's Have a- you ever heard Tom Lehrer's uh, song where he's singing about, you know... I got it from Agnes, she got it from Jim, we all agree it must have been Marie that gave it to him. It's like a really <laughs> clever song, it's, I'll, um, I'll play it for you in the break, but okay. like, uh, it's really, it made me think of that. You, yeah, you want to tell the listeners where to go search for that, what's it called? YouTube, Tom Lehrer, it's been around for about, what, 60 years? I don't know, it's, but it's, a, it's a very oh, okay. famous uh, piece, it's, uh, it's very sort of, if you like all of the... Flight of the Concords, the Tim Minchin kind of, I you do. know, playing with the piano and the wordplay and the whatnot. It's, it's funny. So I do. Yeah. Um, so the question that I wanted to ask you uh, for this week's cold open is, mm-hmm. have you ever, and I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, so I, I truly do not know the answer. Have you ever been so repulsed by a movie that you are watching in the cinema that you have got up and walked out. Yeah, it was with you, and I got up and walked out with you, so you do know the answer to this. What? what I, I don't remember Do this. you remember that movie, um... Oh, fuck. Shoot 'em Up, I think it was? Or Shoot... shoot. No, we watched it to the end. We didn't get up and walk out. We watched out. it to the end? I think we did, yeah. Maybe I rewrote that in my head about yeah, getting... I, I was wish super I repulsed Oh, by I that. hated that movie. <laughs> anyway, I thought that the, um... You know... That was one where we'd walked out. Have I ever walked out of a movie? I have a memory of walking out of a movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was with you. I, I I walked out of a movie that I saw by myself. What was it? Um, it wasn't the one that we're going to watch today. I wish it was because that would have been so perfect. But it was. <laughs> it was in fact Spawn. Spawn. Yeah, I went to go and see Spawn. And I gave it quite a. I gave it a good chance. I was there for at least, you know, half to three quarters of it. And I, I just upped away. It was the worst thing I'd seen up until that point. And I was a young kid, you know. That was, I was watching a lot of crap. But like, when you got older, did you watch the HBO uh, cartoon that they made? I didn't. It? I didn't. I think that put me off Spawn. I, I need a, um, a. You should watch that. Like yeah. that is the a really good adaptation of Spawn. It's brilliant. It's gross. Like it's really gruesome, but it's really good. Gruesome's fine. I don't have a problem with gruesome. It was just. I don't know. It was just. It was just really bad. Oh, it's a bad film. It was terrible. It's and a bad John, movie. John Leguizamo with his, uh, you know, the the skid marks and the farting and all. The, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It just. It, I mean, I've I've, I've awful, stopped watching movies CGI. at home. Like you know, uh, Shosh and I were watching uh, Red Notice together. Um, you know, this sort of Netflix movie. Yeah, with, that, Dwayne, the with Johnson Dwayne Johnson and. and uh, uh, and Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, <laughs> Gal Gadot, and uh, Gal Gadot. And, we can actually uh, say her name properly. Yeah, and uh, and Ryan Reynolds, and yeah, it's it's gotten mixed reviews. I haven't actually watched it yet. It's here's the thing. It's quite bad. It's not shoot 'em up or spawn bad, <laughs> but it's like Shosh fell asleep, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to finish this. Like I was, it was not something that I was particularly interested in. Um, but uh, you know there are there are films that um, you and I don't agree on when it comes to whether we like them, whether we don't like them, whether right. we walk out on them, whether we wouldn't walk out on them. Well, but the thing is that a lot of these movies that we talk about that we may not agree on, there's mm. some kind of nostalgic connection there. 
what as to why i like it and why you don't like it no i'm saying in general or, that like you i remember to it. the period that we used to that we used to watch it together and when we first watched it and- i know movies that you like um that you know i came out of the cinema sort of saying you know i i hated that and you'll be like why what's wrong with you and then we'll like have a conversation with it and right. you'll kind of turn me around on it i'll go you know what you're right maybe there's there's stuff to enjoy here. i remember the first time the opposite happened though and that was amazing spider-man well, where where I liked it a lot. You, you loved it, it. Yeah. and I and I really didn't. I still really like it. I I've actually kind of turned around on that one a little bit. It's Amazing Spider-Man Two is uh, no, is I the didn't real like that one. crime of cinema. Although his performance at the end there is really good. So let's get into it. All right, let's intro. Go. What's our seat number? Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the podcast that asks burning questions like why is a raven like a writing desk and why did I let Sly convince me to watch this week's film? I'm Johnny Gross, a filmmaker, a lover, not a fighter, and I'm not wearing hockey pads. With me as always is my co-host, a world-famous chocolatier, a former president of Uruguay, a prostitute in the bedroom, and only one of those is true. My brother, the 3D graphic artist and former royal corgi poo picker-upper, it's only Simon Gross. It's pretty funny. Thank you. <laughs> and this week we're talking about Van Helsing. But before we do that, I think we should delve into a little bit of... Movie news. The corgi poo thing got me a little off guard. <laughs> okay, so this week on movie news, a couple of surprising bits, a couple of not so surprising bits. Andrew Garfield wants to return as Spider-Man. Not a problem. Not a problem. Also not surprising. Uh, Morbius has been delayed again to April 2022. Couldn't give a fuck, Trent. I chucked in the uh, Bad Boys for Life Blu-ray a couple of days ago, and that movie came out in January 2020. Let's say the Blu-ray came out in, like, March, April. Okay. And that Blu-ray opens with a Morbius trailer. Well, it's been, yeah. It That's, has been in the... It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's, is it just not very good? I, I'm, you know... I mean, it's not really a character that I'm so... I just I don't I, care. I don't know. I've seen that trailer a million times. Anyway, moving Why? on. Because, you know, in front of oh, every movie we've been to see at the cinema... Like, not like the way that no. you've seen the No Time to Die trailer. No, 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 not by choice. <clears throat> Dwayne Johnson says there's no chance for a return to the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, I have some advice for Vin Diesel. Set the next one in a jungle and Dwayne will come running. <laughs> <laughs> see, here's the thing, is that I don't actually... I don't care anymore about the Fast and Furious uh, movies, you know. Yeah, I used to love them. I've kind of gone off them. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens when they just keep churning them out. It's like Assassin's Creed and, you know, all the other non-stop Call of Duty, all that lot, you know. They they were good. And then, you know, just money grabbing at this point. Yeah. Um, You know, you keep going with your movie news. It's the family memes that get me. I I, I can't take them seriously anymore. Um, no Way Home crosses $1 billion at the global box office. Not surprising. Uh, yeah, I say fuck movie. yes. And I would also remind people like Martin Scorsese and other Marvel and superhero critics that No Way Home is keeping cinemas open during an ongoing pandemic, as did movies like Jaws, E.T. and Star Wars that allowed for less commercial films to be made. So while I do love those directors, and I think they are um, geniuses and, um, you know, masters, uh, I would say don't knock it. 
because they probably don't even watch them and don't even know what they are Um, but these are the movies that are keeping cinema alive and the cinema going experience maybe you should talk about what you're referring to because maybe some people don't know that Martin Scorsese yeah Martin Scorsese has been very critical of of Marvel and uh, talks about him he's like they're not movies yeah Yeah. they're not movies they're not cinema and you know other other directors have uh, have spoken up as well Um, I believe Jane Campion was another one um, and uh, I just think that you know you have to you have to make room for you know even if you're not into that kind of thing. First of all, I think that No Way Home is a quality piece of entertainment, and it is a piece of entertainment, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I, it's the first movie that has crossed the billion dollar mark worldwide since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Even No Time to Die struggled, and No Time to Die was very successful and very popular, um, but it struggled. Um, to, uh, to to sort of hit the numbers that they would have hit pre-pandemic. So I think that um, aside from that, you know, we we have to have commercial movies in order to make smaller movies possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and people like, um, you know, uh, Alan Ladd Jr., who was the uh, head of um, 20th Century Fox in the, uh, in the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, is actually this is actually the other way around, but um, but it shows you how one film can feed into another. Um, when Richard Donner made The Omen, it made so much money, and it was a tiny little film that it allowed Alan Ladd Jr. to give George Lucas money to make Star Wars, mm-hmm. and he actually cites that as the movie that paid for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I think that um, you know the movies that uh, that are commercial and uh, potentially successful and that can make a lot of money actually allow um, filmmakers to make smaller movies agree um, uh, so I would say don't knock it yeah. anyway uh, Avatar 2 is set for December 2022 release do you care? no me neither but I will say that it's still a reference quality Blu-ray that was <laughs> movie news you know, before we move on to context, I just wanted to say, like, I've, I've seen a lot of um, harumph harumph around... Um, harumph harumph. Yes. Andrew Garfield. Don't Brilliant. just move on. Andrew Garfield and, you know, like Tobey Maguire and how, you know, fans are calling for a Raimi cut and, you know, a Snyder... The Snyderverse, you know, people who crawl out from under their rocks and start, you know, making a noise and, and making, you know, film producers and executives go... Oh, oh, if we don't listen to them, then they won't be happy, right? You know, and all that sort of thing. And I'm like, ready? Just is Kenneth Williams, uh, head of a studio. <laughs> I just think. I do think. I do think that. Um, well, it gives a shit what I think, but like Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> the people listening to this podcast, obviously. <laughs> no, but like, I just think that. Like, I do. I, I give a Thank shit. you, Jonathan. Yes. Um, I think if they make a movie with Andrew Garfield, great. I would watch it. Um, if they made, you know, Spider-Man 4, too little, too late, but great. I think it would be really cool if we saw the characters in the context of where they are now. Like, I think that would be cool. Yeah, you know, not like to continue cool. their movies afterwards. But like, cool. I don't, I don't, I really hate the fact that there's this um, decision by committee thing going on. It really drives me nuts. It's not even decision by committee. It's a decision by bullying. social media. It's bullying. It's Twitter. <laughs> We should dismantle Twitter. Oh, well, got to don't be say that, because when we do actually plan to do something like that, they'll know it was us that did it. It could be used, as in a, used against us in a court of law, maybe. Huh? Speaking okay. of court of law. Oh, yes. <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking about the classic 2004 
not classic, Van Helsing, directed by Stephen Summers and starring Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale and Richard Roxburgh. Um, and uh, I have to say, I <laughs> I was a bit worried about doing this uh, doing this one without having watched the movie before tonight, right? Because. I was worried that I would come back to it, thoroughly enjoy it, and then I would not be able to prosecute this movie, as I promised in the previous episode that I would. Um, that we Flashback, are going to, I'm putting it on trial! We are going to put this movie on trial, and it shall be put away for 25 years to life, or the, given the death penalty. So, a uh, little bit of context here. So I was a 21-year-old whippersnapper. Mm. And I went to visit a film school in Lothangalith. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was, I mean, it, you know, financially it was sort of out of my league at the time. But, um, yeah. you know, not long after I went, the economy crashed. <laughs> and then it was definitely out of my league. Everything yeah. doubled. All the prices doubled. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, so I went to visit this film school. And during that time, I was like three or four days alone before uh, the family that I was supposed to be staying with um, came back from New York. Um, So I did things by myself. I went to Rodea Drive. I did, uh, you know, I went to the, there was like a museum of uh, TV and film or something like that. Um, I walked around, I went to Universal Studios. During my time at Universal Studios, um, my plan was to cap off the day with a cinema screening of Van Helsing, which had just come out. Yeah. And... I was so fucking excited. Yeah, I was chomping at the dope. bit. My balls were turgid with anticipation of watching this film. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I was a big fan of The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. And I thought that Stephen Summers tackling the Universal Monsters was just going to be fucking epic. Uh, and was it? Yes. No, well, I was sorely disappointed when I came out, I'll be honest. <laughs> I uh, and And ever since, I've tried to watch the film several times since a few like about six months ago i watched it on netflix it has since been removed from netflix which is the reason why i have blu-rays um and i it just i don't know this movie antagonizes me i couldn't get through it i tried i really did um it's just i I always go into it thinking oh this is gonna be you know maybe this time i'm gonna i mean the design i love the design i love the characters i love that you know James Whale style opening, which is just fantastic. And then it just all goes downhill for me. I really try. I do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that that's my that's my context for this movie. Okay. Um, so, I remember you coming back and saying that you hated it. And I was like, what? Because I hadn't seen it yet. And I was really excited about it from the trailers. And I was like, well, is, is it bad? And I watched it. And I was like, oh, God, the, the black and white opening, the, the design, the the... The, the reimagining of Van Helsing, you know, the the gadgets, the, um, you know, the, again, it's, uh, there's like a sort of world building going on there that I think is really interesting. Is it messy? Yes, but many movies that I like are messy, you know, like some movies that I like have, you know, they are quite messy and I still like them. Do the stories make sense in all of them? No, right? But... There's some really cool stuff going on here, and I think it's really enjoyable. The music is awesome, and I and I I remember coming out of it, and I was like, okay, I get I get why people you know don't like it, but I like it, mm. and I think actually there was a little while there where I was because you didn't like it, I was like, oh yeah, it's shit, 
And I was like closeted Van Helsing fan, <laughs> right? Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's rubbish. And then there was a little bit later when I was like in uh, animation school and I met a friend um, who, you know, he was just like, werewolves, man, werewolves. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's like, Dracula, Dracula fighting werewolves, werewolves fighting Dracula. Yeah, okay. And he's like, gadgets, man werewolves dracula and i was like you're right this thing's fucking amazing and so like you know we like watched it together and then you know i think i think we've talked about this before it's like when you watch it a movie with someone in a certain context it can really light a fire with you mm-hmm. and i think i really like this movie knowing what it is and also knowing you know, okay so i don't enjoy certain aspects of it but you know it's really fun it's a lot of fun so so this is the thing. I've never really sort of looked at it critically before uh, in this way. I'm going to try and mm-hmm. um, be precise with my note-taking while mm-hmm. watching it tonight. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's always just, like, left me with a bad taste. And I, I think it's also the acting and the script and things like that. I don't know. I, I just it it yeah. always uh, it always disappoints it's, me. Maybe it's because cheesy of all AF. The, it's really cheesy. Maybe because of all the things that you're saying, and and because I do love all of those things so much, mm. and and also I've been on a little bit of a kick lately. I watched Monster Squad, which is uh, all most of those characters, the same characters. You've got the Wolfman, you've got mm. um, you've got Dracula, you've got Frankenstein's monster, mm. um, you know, and they're they're all like sort of trying to take over the town, and there's these kids that form Monster Squad that are trying to like you know stop them uh that's great Sounds um, awesome. <laughs> it is <laughs> and uh you know and i watched the 1979 john badham dracula with uh frank langella in it which mm-hmm. is which is also a lot of fun um I, you know i i love oh and dracula dead and loving it of course well did you did you hear that um speaking of dracula like uh, the, there's a movie called renfield that's yes gonna be with nicholas cage. nicholas cage is going to be dracula that's oh, going to be amazing oh, that's going to be brilliant <laughs> take <laughs> My fucking money. money. Just take it. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, oh God, it's going to be so good. Um, uh, very okay. quotable. So before we go and watch the movie, mm. we are going to play the tagline game. <sighs> so right. we have three taglines. Mm. One of them is the tagline for the movie we are about to watch, Van Helsing. And, uh, the, the Pentavret. <laughs> Because it puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly smarter. Heat! Get down! Um, <laughs> he's going to cry himself to sleep on his huge pillow. Um, uh, yeah, I watched that recently too, as well. That's uh, so I married an ex-murderer. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I read some bad reviews of it, and I'm like, cheer up. Um, which is probably what people are going to say to me about Van Helsing, to be honest. You'll have people agreeing with you, and I think you'll have Philippa mostly knocking down your door, telling you that you're wrong. Oh yeah, she Philippa, really likes Philippa this movie. Philippa likes the movie. Yeah, this I mean, is actually a this is a Philippa requested movie. Right, right. I remember. I I don't have anything. I I think the score is fantastic. I mean, um, there's uh, we have a friend called uh, uh, Wendy mm. who um who brings uh people to Israel. Well, used to when uh, when there wasn't a pandemic and people yeah. weren't uh, you know getting sick every five minutes. Um, but the, she brought George S. Clinton, who uh, did the soundtrack for um, for Austin Powers, all three mm-hmm. Austin Powers movies. Um, those fantastic John Barry esque kind of uh, you know um, riffs. Um, and uh, she brought Peter Golub, who's also a composer. Like she she brought a bunch of people to to give like sort of talks and and whatnot to film schools and. 
Uh, and she's got a, a line to Alan Silvestri. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that it would be really fantastic. They wouldn't do this, but I would love it if they would let me lead that symposium yeah. and just interview him on stage. I mean, I would get over all of my stage fright just so that I could sit there and talk to this man. Like, he's just... I would I would love it if that was actually something that happened one day. Yeah, I, I just think he's incredible. And one of the things that I would ask him is... That something that I would that I would want to ask many high profile composers is what do you do when the print you are given um, to compose the score to is of a film that you think is terrible? Um, Maybe he doesn't think that this movie's terrible. I I'm, I'm not talking about necessarily this movie, but um, but he has scored some movies that probably didn't turn out the way that he maybe imagined that they that they would and i just like i just i find that interesting and john williams has also scored some movies that are you know objectively terrible yeah. like i mean i'm sure every composer does because they're brought on last um i think you mean subjectively it's not objective fact that a movie is bad i would say that the general consensus is that the movie is not great <laughs> i'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about opinion. I'm not talking about people who would say this is my this is my sick day movie. This is my guilty pleasure. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying that the general consensus is the Rotten Tomatoes score, the IMDb ratings. <laughs> I don't if give you're a not, shit. You're not seeing him right now. I don't know why I said if, but he's he's like he's like sort of. I don't even know how to describe it. Oh. He's being sassy in his chair. He's like he's like his body's mm-hmm. gone all wavy. Yeah. Anyway, the tagline game. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Go on. Okay, so your first tagline is The legend you know The adventure you have yet to imagine Mm. That's one The second tagline is The one name they all fear Mm. And the third tagline is Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters What is it? Come on. I really don't know. Um, it's the first one or the second one, but it's probably the third one. So. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not going to be giving you electric shocks. Even though you, you're sort of playing with the knobs over there, like you are going <laughs> to be doing it. You also just did the Ghostbusters. Come on. Come on. So uh, that fills me with confidence. I think. Hang on. You said the second one is about the they the only one they all fear sort of thing. The one name they all the fear. The one name they all yeah. fear. And the first one was... The was legend it? you know, the adventure you have yet to imagine. That could be any fucking thing. And the third one is Welcome to a New World of Gods and Monsters. I think it's... um. I think it's the first one. Which is? which Which one's the first one? The first one you read off, you dinkers. <laughs> the legend you know, the yeah. adventure you have yet to mm-hmm. imagine. Well, who cares? It's some stupid game anyway. <laughs> the correct answer is the one name they all fear. Uh, so the right. legend you know, the adventure you have yet to imagine is The Mummy. I thought it might also be that. And Welcome to a New World of Gods and Monsters is The Mummy 2017 with Tom Cruise. Which in itself is not a fantastic film. Subjectively, <laughs> you see, I actually quite like that one. <laughs> Do you know something? I, I I wanted to give that one a second chance, um, but um, it I forgot to do it. It's not a classic anecdote, is it? No, no, it's not. <laughs> not it's a not, classic no, anecdote. No, no, no. You can just cut that out. Um, well, shall we um, watch the movie? Okay, let's go and watch the movie. We'll see you in two hours Roll and it. eleven minutes. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. 
be honest with you. That was long. It was very long. It was long. Yeah, that that was that was going to be my very first criticism of the movie. Yeah, it's too long. I agree with that one. I'll give you that one. When you said to me two hours and eleven minutes, I was like, "Oh, really? Fuck!" <laughs> yes. What, what are you doing in two hours and eleven minutes? Come on. <laughs> It's about a guy fighting monsters. You can wrap that up in 90, for God's sake. Ah, anyway. Look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't like slagging off movies because they're difficult to make. Yeah. And this is definitely not the worst one I've ever seen. Um, it's definitely um, an achievement in terms of uh, uh, technical and visual effects and, and in general, like, aesthetic yeah, it's very beautifully shot mm-hmm. and graded and everything. And we also we watched it in 4K HDR, so that yeah. added to the ooh, very go colorful, on, my son. Very colorful, very mm, look at that contrast. Very nice. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was I, you know I you asked me at some point during the movie, are you not enjoying any of this? And I said, well, I am enjoying certain parts of it, and I always have. But, no, because you were whinging all the way through. No, but it's just like, it's it's a slog. It's really long, and it's needlessly convoluted. And the script is, let's be honest, not great. No. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, all of the cast are doing these really cheesy, dreadful Eastern European accents. That's what you expect from it, though. Yeah, but... It's no worse than... No, but any it, of the other Dracula movies that I've ever yeah, been. but it depends if the the words that they are saying in the cheesy Eastern European accent are well written or not, and I don't know. Well, we'll save that for opening remarks. I think. All right, go on. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Well, you just want to eat your cake, don't you? You gave it to me. You said eat it. It's here. I'm eating it. What do you want from me? Just do your fucking thing. Well, I've got a surprise for you. Aww. Cookie, come on in. Right, Bruce Bogtrotter, you're going to eat this entire chocolate cake. <laughs> so my wife made a, a chocolate coffee cake. Um, uh, easy on the coffee, heavy on the chocolate. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, she it's said very that it's... Sweet. Yeah, she said that it's too sweet and too rich for her. So um, she gave some some of it to me to, you know, so that we can get hopped up on sugar while we're uh, while we're doing this podcast. I don't think I'm going to eat this entire piece. It's very sweet. Right. Off you go. Okay, so um, I, I don't know. I'm in two minds of whether or not I really want to, you know... Put this put on this, Put this movie behind bars, because I Why mean... Because you enjoyed it a bit. It, it is fun, and this is what I was worried about, because, like, you know... <sighs> soda. soda. Didn't as much as I wanted it to. Well, I'll add the in post. If it's not real, I'm not interested. <laughs> Um, but I, I just want to go over a little bit of uh, context here in terms of um, you know where where this movie comes in the uh, in the filmography of director and writer Stephen Summers. Okay. Um, so there's the 1994 Jungle Book. Do you remember that one? Shit, I can't believe that I'm a man, another man, and a man, man thing at the end. <laughs> no, wasn't that? With Carrie Elwes? I don't. Maybe I don't remember. I don't remember very well. But anyway, I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it when we were on holiday in Jersey. And yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, at least, and at the end, I, he's I like, no, he's. Just, I haven't seen it. Since. He doesn't see me as. A I don't man. think it's he even gotten a, a DVD or Blu-ray release. I mean, I haven't seen it around anywhere. Didn't but... it have John Cleese in it and all? Did it? Am I thinking of something else? 
Maybe. I, I don't think know. I am. Fuck it. I don't know. Go on. Um, but anyway, I remember enjoying it. I haven't seen it for many years. Um, and uh, I remember that our father hated it because it didn't follow the book. And Listen, when has he ever cared about that sort of thing? He always cares about that kind of thing. Like I remember showing him the uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, the yeah. the one with uh, Guy Pearce and oh, yeah. and Jim Caviezel, and uh, and he was and they they did change a lot and you know move it's things around. Yes, but it's also like it's what is it a two hour movie or something like that? And mm-hmm. they uh, you know they condensed that that massive tome into into a couple of hours. Of course, they had to change some things. Um, but That's he, my crime. he said at the end of it, oh, I didn't like that. Like, Why? I didn't follow the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but then again, you've got the um, you've got the the Jungle Book with Sabu. You ever seen that one from the from the thirties or the forties? This is my tooth. <laughs> that one. This is my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm saying stuff that are real and that you're just not. He has like a like a like a knife or something that's made out of a. a tooth of some kind okay, of animal. Okay, just to clarify, the last time I saw this version of the Jungle Book was on TV in England. Yeah, me too. Right. I remember, I don't remember, certain, I don't certainly, remember this no. is my tooth. You know what? <laughs> just get on with it, alright? Yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah. Um, that, well, basically, they couldn't get the animals to talk in that one, so, you know, that doesn't follow the book either. But he loves that version. Um, okay, moving on. Then Deep Rising. Yeah. Not bad. Sorry, not not great, but not bad. Uh, but Deep Rising, financially speaking, and uh, you know, in terms of uh, his his rep in Hollywood, it led to the Mummy, right? Yeah. Um, which is a fun movie, uh, but it's got a glaring problem that would become apparent in uh, his subsequent movies, which is excess. That he had too many toys to play with, too large a budget to play with, and while the Mummy um, is it had some restrictions on it, and it gets by on nostalgia. Uh, and in general, it gets by on a lot of charm, and it has a lot of love for what it emulates. You know, Stephen Summers is a big fan of uh, Indiana Jones and the Thirty Two Mummy, and he was able to take those two elements and mash them together, where it actually worked. Um, but you know, you've got you've still got the over reliance on CGI, which was criticised even at the time. Um, and you see Summers in the uh, in the documentaries on the DVD saying how cool it was to be able to do this and do that, and you know he was very very excited by all the uh, all the tools he had at his disposal. And then by the time the Mummy Returns comes around, uh, you've got charm and love still present. You've got a great score from Alan Silvestri replacing uh, Jerry Goldsmith, um, and uh, you know the the folly of bigger and better uh, looms large. Uh, namely in the biting more off uh, than he could chew uh, with the Scorpion King effect and the awful wall of water effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, it it, it seemed like they were sort of trying to pack too much into into one movie, Uh, which leads me to Van Helsing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, CGI is only a small problem uh, compared with Summer's need to get his sole screenwriter credit. Um, The tongue-in-cheek tone works some of the time in in his movies, but in Van Helsing, it uh, it desperately needed a polish by somebody else, anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in terms of the CGI, uh, it it only it only got worse the more money he was given. Um, so you know, there's a lot of times that you and I were watching the movie, and I'm going, "Oh, that's a bit wonky. That's a bit wonky." And there are a lot of wonky effects in the movie. There are a lot of great effects in the movie, which is exactly the same as what happened with the Mummy Returns. It's just too much. 
it we'll talk too about much, it yeah too much too right. much yeah. going on i think too much packing into it which is also the the you know a, a same thing that we were talking about um when we were talking about the runtime just now is that you know it didn't need to be 2 hours and 11 minutes long yeah um but uh you know the the thing that really irks me about this movie is the promise of the premise mm-hmm. and the cracking opening prologue which is just brilliant yeah. every time i watch that it's just you know the Dutch angles, the black and white. It's so he manages to ape the um, the style of James Whale um, so so well, um, and while sort of weaving in you know the the modernized effects and CGI within that. And if he would have done the entire movie in like black that, and white, we've said this before. Yeah, it would have been it would have been amazing, and and it would have also been a little bit more easy to swallow the uh the sort of the cheese and the over the top acting and the the accents and whatever if it was over stylized like that uh from the get-go um and i also said to you during the movie that it would that it would have been great if they could have managed to have balanced the tone in the same way that a movie like sleepy hollow did Mm -hmm. that it was more sort of geared towards horror and uh and less towards adventure because he is using the trappings of the sort of Indiana Jones style that he used for the mummy and transplanting it to this where it doesn't quite work. Okay. Um, and I also said to you the same thing uh, uh, in regards to the score. The score is fantastic and I love it. But And you can listen to it on its own and it's like really rousing and exciting, etc., etc. But you've got these like horror moments that then are followed by these heroic adventure moments in the score that don't quite match yeah. up. So, I look. I enjoyed it um, on some level. Um, I did get, you know, a little bit restless about halfway through. I noticed. And around about the masquerade ball. No, before that, the the wagon chase. Yeah. Is when I turned to you and I said, "This is where I got to last time." <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think getting past that point is probably the first time I've been. I've done that since maybe two thousand and six. So um, there you go. Which would which would like which would account for you know buying it on DVD and watching it a few times and not touching it again. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, th- those are my thoughts in a general sense. Obviously, we'll get into it a little bit more. Mm. Um, but uh, but I think that um, uh, possibly due to potential and due to the look and due to the casting, it really should have been a fuck of a lot better. And um, maybe the problem is Stephen Summers. And if another director like, say, Tim Burton would have come in and made this movie, uh, it would have been uh, maybe a lot better. So those are my uh, opening remarks. Uh, Over to you, Counselor. Well, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) I put to you that Van Helsing gets altogether a hard time. See, we live in a world with multiverses and multiple adaptations and legacy sequels. And is it so unpalatable that in another universe, Abraham Van Helsing is not an older gentleman who hunts down vampires? Instead, he's a James Bond gadget-wielding agent for the Vatican named Gabriel, who may or may not be related to a certain archangel? I don't think it's so crazy... And I don't. I, I really think it's quite awesome. And I'll grant you that the family drama's a bit much, and that Frankenstein's monster puts a bit, a bit much sort of in its place. Um, and the you know there's 
there's so much cheese and there's so much, like you said, untapped potential in the movie. But other than that, there's a lot to love about this movie and, you know, the portrayal of Dracula and, you know, you you sort of, you sort of scoffed and giggled a couple of times at his, uh, you know, his overacting. But I was like, I think that's really clever that he, you know, he made this decision to portray Dracula like that and, you know, that, you know... Can I just interject here a second? I didn't interject when you were talking. He did. Alright, fine. <laughs> you got me there. That was a yeah. lie. <laughs> Made it up, shouldn't I? <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I'm, I giggled a couple of times at his overacting because I get a kick out of that performance. Yeah. I scoffed and giggled at the overacting of the bride. Bright. So, I actually... Interjection finished. I like Dracula. I like the brides. I like Igor. Um, the werewolves. They rip their bloody skin off, man. It's awesome. Like, that's a great werewolf transformation, right? There's there's a lot of stylistic choices in the movie that make it very um, fun to watch. And, you know, the music, the gadgets, Mr. Hyde is a great, like, opening for um, Van Helsing. I like it. Um, and I think that there are some really cool set pieces. I like the wagon chase. It's really cool. Um, and apart from some real head-scratcher plot points, um, I like the world-building that they're proposing. Like, I think that there's some things that maybe didn't have to be in there. Um, you know, like the whole thing with, you know, the Dracula and his brides and the children and all of that. Like, you know, I think that the scheme could have, you know, been anything else and it would have been just as interesting or it would have been more interesting. I think that... Um, I, I actually like the fact that there's, even though I've said that I've cited the family drama as an issue, I actually like the idea of a family who are destined to take down Dracula, but they're the last of the line of, you know, I, th- I think that's cool. There's some epic, epicosity to that. Um, and it takes the sort of universal monsters and slips them into a sort of high fantasy setting, which is really cool. And it makes me wish that, God forbid I say something like this in your presence, but that we might have had a sequel to see where the world went and where, you know, like the incarnation of at least, you know, Gabriel Van Helsing could have gone. I think that's pretty cool. I think that would have been really cool. And that, you know, you said to me during the movie that, you know, if they would have shortened it and sort of tightened it up a little bit, it would have been a much better movie. I I agree with that. I think if they would have cut it down, I think if you were to take a knife to it, if you were to like cut the movie down in premiere or something, you'd probably find it much... Yeah, you'd make a much better movie just because there's so much fat in there. So um, that's the end of my sort of opening statement. I do think that I agree with a lot of the things that you're saying. I think there's a lot of problems with the movie and that, you know, I understand why a lot of people don't like it. But even this time, I'm really, really tired. I, you know, like, I, I didn't have energy to watch the movie, but I still really enjoyed it because it's a bit of fun. So, um, so this is why this is a this is a flawed choice for us to uh, to to take down um, and uh, and prosecute um, is because it's not it's not an easy one. It's not like the Avengers nineteen ninety eight that is just irredeemable. And I I think that this movie is not on that low rung. Um, it's not. It's not. I don't think it's a great movie. I think that it's a lot better than people think it is. I think I, I tell you what have... it is. There's like there are pacing issues. Um, <laughs> for example, the first like half hour, mm. there's an action scene every five minutes roughly, yeah. and you know when they get to to Transylvania 
and he has a like Van Helsing has a uh, a conversation with uh, with Anna played by Kate Beckinsale. The conversation lasts literally thirty seconds before the music kicks in again. And then we have another action scene, and then there's a little bit of quiet, mm-hmm. and they're waiting for the for the sun to go go behind a cloud. Action scene, action scene, action scene, and it's just like it's a little bit frenetic. It's a little bit hyperactive, yeah. And uh, the movie carries on like that, and it's kind of exhausting. Um, but uh, but as I said, like aesthetically. It's gorgeous, and especially I, I don't know if it maybe because we uh, we watched it in four K HDR, um, and I was constantly noticing the colors and the contrast and the shadow detail and the highlight detail. Um, but you know, I was I enjoyed it visually this time round a lot more than I have before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it does have that going for it, and obviously all of the things that you say, the uh, the gadgets and the James Bond type, uh, you know. Uh, type setup the fact that he you know the first thing after the uh you know he's in the middle of a mission when we yeah. see him first time and he's chasing mr hyde and then he goes and he gets his orders from uh, from the cardinal who's m and then he goes straight into a q scene uh with carl who's got hair like jim from the office and uh and then he um you know he gets his gadgets and he and then they go off on their um, you know on their adventure kind of thing um and and to me as a bond fan that should be you know perfect Especially since I'm also a Universal Monster fan, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but there are so, I mean it's it's the script and it's the it's the editing it's the directing and that that scene actually there's there's a couple of things there that really bugged me about the Vatican scene is that he he it's a little bit exposition heavy uh, like they're telling is, yeah. Van Helsing thing this bugs me about movies sometimes is that they will. They will tell the main character things about the organization that the main character is a part of. When it seems like perhaps that spiel would have been given it to given to them when they started right. at the organization. So that kind of thing annoys me. There's got to be a way to get information across in a way that's... Uh, sorry, why am I saying that like that? There's got to be a way. There is a way. There are many ways to get yeah. exposition across in a way that doesn't sound like that. Um, although the scene that comes before it with Mr. Hyde is... I. Th- I think it's really cool. I remember you talking to me about it like years ago and saying you really don't like it. Um, I, but st- I still don't like it. It's, I don't know. Like it's really cool. I think that technically there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. Like VFX wise, you know, like with jiggling muscles and, and sweat and, you know, liquid coming out of his mouth and like, that's really cool. But as a whole, um, even for 2004, mm. it still looks to me cartoony. A lot of the effects in the movie look cartoony. Right, it's, it's got a very specific visual style. I think that there's... No, it's got a very specific visual style that, um, you know, there are certain there are certain effects that yeah. actually work within the world. Mm. And there are certain effects that just look like they, they don't belong there. Um, in the same way that you, you know, that we were talking about Matrix Reload and Revolutions and yeah. the, uh, you know, the Burly Brawl with all the Smiths and how all of the CG stuntmen look really cartoony and dreadful and uh, that's how i feel about mr hyde because mm-hmm. mr hyde is supposed to be a photorealistic mr. human mr hyde looks first of all no on both counts mr hyde looks much better than the cartoony smiths do in that fight i disagree scene. why because i do okay um <laughs> no like i i think that the 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 smiths i mean this is this is about texture work for me the, We're also talking about like more or less the same time as yeah, well. Yeah, so, so I'm saying the 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 Smiths in you know Matrix Two have a very textureless feel to them. Their skin doesn't react the way that it should react to light. It doesn't look it doesn't look normal. Um, whereas Mr. Hyde is a 
sort of it it looks cartoony i'll agree with that but it's there's a lot of stuff going on there that's very technically impressive that give it texture and give it life you know the, as i said like the jiggle and the yeah, you know I'm, the poor I'm not work debating and the, that. the lighting on it the way that light passes through it like there's some really cool stuff i'm not going debating on that it's more about like um, it's about movement and it's the fact that the uh, that the character has not been designed as a monster specifically mm-hmm. the character is a is a, a, a large exaggerated human he moves um, like a gorilla though like it, he is yeah. very monster like in his movement yeah but like I, I just I feel like most if not all of that could have been done with prosthetics and it Everyone would have just had Robbie Coltrane like on set absolutely yeah absolutely I just I, just I think agree that... with that because I think that everything could be done with prosthetics right but like but I'm saying that okay if you look at the uh, if you look at the Frankenstein monster for example yeah um, that could have been done with CGI instead of with the prosthetics no but that was done with prosthetics and it looks I know, amazing I know well, I don't um, think it's it looks like, amazing I, I think it looks good it looks good alright in terms of like compared to the two of those things mm. um, you know they, maybe they should have been switched even yeah you know to have Mr. Hyde be played by a human and prosthetics and to that's have what the I just Franken- said. that's what I just said that's what you just said yeah. am I not listening to you no you're not am I where, where am I <laughs> I don't know. What Hello, f- welcome to What's Our Seat Number. Yeah, let's start again. Hi, this is What's Our Seat Number, the show where <laughs> well, we don't, don't listen to each other. Don't start again, I'm tired, uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, anyway. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was my thing. I, I don't love the, the Mr. Hyde bit, and, um, you know, and, and I, I feel like if you do have an actor like Robbie Coltrane... Have him on set. Maybe have him on set, yeah. yeah. But I really dig the, uh, the Q scene um, in the Vatican, which I thought was really cool. Um, I thought it was really cool that, um, you know, already off the bat, they've sort of established that he's like, like, they're not even, not even hiding the fact that he's just, you know, James Bond in, you know, the Vatican. Right. So my issue with that is that it was coming at a time when there were lots of those kinds of movies that were following the James Bond model and they had those cue scenes in them and they were starting to get on my nerves. For mm-hmm. example, Triple X. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and they're also like, I can't think off the top of my head. In but Triple I remember... X, though, you've got a movie that is, you've got a movie that is a spy movie. Right. right? This doesn't, like, it to me it's, it's different because this is not where you would expect, this setting is not where you would expect. Right, but I identified it immediately when yeah. it came on screen. I'm like, oh, they're doing this again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just seen it over and over again. And also like in, uh, in uh, Teen Agent, If Looks Could Kill, yeah. you know, I, I mean, obviously that came, you know, 10 years earlier, 12 years earlier. Um, but uh, but it still stands. Like you've got that. Um, I love Teen Agent. That's it it is a great movie, but I'm, I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's like, it's one of it's those. It's a lot of fun. It's one of those uh, guilty pleasures that I, that I don't feel guilty about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it unashamedly follows that, um, that formula. You are the French teacher. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, it's fun. Um, but like, yeah, I, I just... Uh, we like to have fun on this podcast. Yes, we, we like do. to have yes, fun. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, so as I was saying, anyway, I'm just, I'm just saying that I, I, get, I, I get a little bit tired of those cue scenes. But and when watching they re- it tonight, did it do the same thing to you? Or like, yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh, God. Okay. I mean, they, they kind of reintroduced it in, uh, in Skyfall as well. In, uh, more in Spectre, actually, because Skyfall, they, they just sort of meet and he gives him a gun and a radio. Um, but like, uh, Inspector, they reintroduce it and I'm like, 
don't really need that. I kind of, I've kind of gotten over, over the Q scene. You know, Desmond Llewellyn did it for uh, you know however many years, and you know it's 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 You're we get Q. it. Does that make him? Oh, ah, yes, the legendary 007 wit, or at least half of it. I thought that the... That was my John Cleese impression. The, <laughs> the by the way, John Cleese was in um, the Jungle Book that you mentioned. And ah, great, uh, also Carrie great, Elvis very good. And, uh, and Sam Neill. Ah. And uh, that is, by the way, from glancing at the front cover on Google while you were doing your opening statements, the movie where at the while end... While not listening to me, just as I was not listening to you. Yes, Indeed. but I admit it. No, I was listening. But uh, that is the movie where he goes... She can't. He thinks I'm a man. He doesn't think of me as a man. He thinks of me as an animal. I don't remember what he says exactly, but that's the ending of the movie. Good morning, darling. I hope I wasn't too much of an animal. <laughs> anyway, okay, hold on. Let me just take note. Hide all CGI. Another Q scene like triple X. Right. The werewolf trapping at the beginning and fight is actually really quite cool. Yeah. Like, I kind of like how they sort of set that up. But what I didn't like is that then he drops his gun and he's going to everybody, find my gun! Find my gun! And it's like, why did they not all come equipped with silver bullets to hunt down a werewolf? If they know that they need silver bullets? Yeah, just take the one gun with the silver bullets. Why why is he the only one who can kill it? Why didn't they all come and shoot it with silver bullets? Wouldn't we have just saved ourselves a lot of Tsurus? Tsurus? Yeah. But again, this is what I'm talking about. The script, like he uh, he sees what, what is it he's looking at? There's a uh, um, Tsurus means trouble. Isn't it? Yes, um, there's a, an insignia mm. um, on the uh, on the part of the scroll. Yeah, uh, that uh, that Carl the uh, the Q gives him. Carl the Q. I'm going to call him Carl the Q from now on. Um, what? Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to and remember then... if it's Carl the Q or the or the the, the M who gives it to him. Oh, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Anyway, no, but no, it, it's called the Q because like, and then um, Van Helsing like lifts up his hand and you see that his ring has the same insignia on it. Why in the hell does Carl the Q then have to say, yes, it matches your ring? No, it's not. It's the Cardinal. Yes, the Cardinal. it matches your ring. because we, like, we, we found him. We found him. We found him. It's him, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, it's those kinds of issues in the script. It's the same thing as, uh, I'm going to mention No Time to Die again. Oh. It's the same thing in No Time to Die when um, when the, uh, the, the nanobollocks uh, starts coming down from... <laughs> <laughs> the nanobolics starts spraying down, raining down on the uh, on the Spectre agents, right? Yeah. And then uh, Obrachev, the uh, the scientist, has to stand on the side and go, "Holy Spectre are dying!" It's like, yeah, yeah. Yes, we, thank you. We can see th- that. Thank off. you very much. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Captain, state the obvious. Like, fuck off, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that kind of thing. I can't stand that. Um, you know, that thing of like, you know, somebody looking up at uh, an erupting volcano and somebody going, oh my God, it's erupting, run! I can see that it's erupting. There's a That's, lot of that in this movie. It, there's a lot of there's that in this movie. It's that. like, there are certain lines that, that, this is how I feel about like, when I'm, when I'm editing something, yes. when I'm editing something, somebody's written like a, like a script. Yeah. So I'll start like, like cutting lines like that. Yeah. And when I'm editing something that I've, that I've shot, directed, whatever, um, I start cutting those lines out and then the client goes to me, why do you cut these lines? I don't know why I'm doing it. Why are they from because Transylvania? Every, because everybody in this movie is from Transylvania. I'm trying right, to make but why it, are they from thematic. Transylvania? It's thematic. Sure, I'll um, go with it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, why are you cutting these lines? And I'll be like... What are you the, two doing cutting holes in my web? <laughs> 
Hey, I'm sorry, Senor Lopez. We were just waiting for Sora. Remember when we said that we wanted to do a podcast and we said, like, we need to find a way to make it structured. We need to find a way to make it interesting to listen to. This is what we were talking about. What? <laughs> this. No, because originally we were going to do watch-alongs. That was going to be the entire the entire thing. Yeah. We're going to do watch-alongs. Um, maybe one day we will do a watch-along, but like it's um, it's it's definitely a weird way to watch a movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but yeah. So I I I found that there were a lot of those kinds of superfluous lines that could have just been cut. And you know, I, I'm sh- I don't understand why people don't notice them. They drive me crazy. They drive. I think they drive. I, I, you know, I often find that when when I've heard about you talking about with your clients, how you will, you know, you'll you will cut those lines. And have you ever go, heard me like actually on the phone with a client? No, like, but I've heard you talk to me about it, right? Because I listen to you when you talk to me, right? Yes. And sorry, you, sorry, what did you say? I drifted. <laughs> see, I would have cut that line. It's a bit obvious, isn't it? Well, all sorry, right. it was a little, sorry, I wasn't listening to you. So. I I often hear you sort of talk about how, you know, you'll cut those lines and then they'll say, oh, how will people understand? I don't, you know, I don't understand. It's like, because people aren't fucking stupid. Oh, I can't stand that. I can't stand that. I I always like, I I have that kind of, you know, the audience isn't going to get it. Like, do you not, do you think your audience are idiots? Like, I I don't, I hate that. And that's the thing is that a lot of this film is is sort of assuming that you need everything like spoon fed like with a crowbar right. like oh, get that in there. And I'm and I'm fairly certain that Stephen Summers mm-hmm. was like edited for the Mummy and the Mummy Returns. Like maybe he had a lot of like um, you know studio interference. Maybe they brought in somebody to do an uncredited uh, rewrite or something like that. By the time they got to Van Helsing, he was hot shit. And uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got final cut. Mm. Um, maybe he pulled the dad card maybe he pulled the yeah. so the uh, <laughs> so the Stephen Summers credit comes up it says written and directed by Stephen Summers and I said no shit and then, and then it, comes it comes up, up in underneath. memory of my dad and I'm like well now I feel like an arsehole don't I <laughs> it, I really love that that slow fade on that's like <laughs> you, you just made fun of me fairies Indeed. died somewhere because of you <laughs> Clap your hands, Peter. Um, so yeah. Uh, oh, also, speaking of uh, Eastern European accents, like everybody's doing Eastern European accents. Yeah. What is Van Helsing supposed to be? American. No, but he's like American, but kind of American with a sort of Britishness. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's very odd. I'll very give it. Odd. I'll give it to you. Yeah. It's thank odd. you. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm agreeing with you on a lot of stuff. It's just that there's like. A lot of things I like about it. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed. Oh, thank you. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. The pout. Yes. So the whole <laughs> way through the film, you kept on looking over at me and pouting. Um, <laughs> she doesn't do it as much as you were doing it on the couch, I have to say. I was only doing it when she was doing it, so it must have been. She wasn't doing it when you were doing it the she whole time. She was doing it when I was doing it. For fuck's sake, Johnny. I think you're being a little bit... Uh, I don't know. Being a bit nitpicky. What, you think I'm trying to find things no, to hate about it? No, I think it? you don't need to find things to hate about it. I think there are things to hate about it. I think you're I think you're making stuff up. I'm not making stuff up. She it's only there. pouted like twice. She pouted enough. Wait, you didn't like you said you didn't like Underworld. I Underworld is really good. Uh, really? Uh Selene. Have you, you have watched been, them recently? Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine and I really like them, and we watch them. You watch all of them? 
No, there I are only like twenty-five like, of them. I now. only like the first one. I okay, only the, like the first. Okay, one. so look, the first one is okay. Um and uh, and Vampires I remember versus werewolves or something yeah, like with yeah, guns and but like you know Kate Beckinsale in yeah, in leather. There were problem. There were a spate of movies yeah. that came out in the late nineties, early two thousand, probably early two thousands, mm-hmm. that just basically mashed up Blade and The Matrix, ah. and so you've got all of this ah. like S and M kind of costuming with the sunglasses and yeah. the and the twin guns and the and whatever. And, um, yeah, it, I just, I never thought, like, I had one, uh, Wonderworld. I had Underworld. <laughs> Wonderworld is a whole different movie. I had Underworld on DVD. I had the second one on DVD as well. And I remember liking them, but not loving them. Also, it was Kate Beckinsale, so, mm. right. yeah. I like the first one. Um, I like, uh, I like Bill Nye. I like anything that Bill Nye is in, really. Bill Nye is a powerhouse, as is Michael Sheen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I digress. So yeah, I, I do like the, uh, the transformation effects. I think they're very cool. I like the idea of the, the ripping the skin off and everything like that. And as I said, like aesthetically, it's really well done. Also, also the reverse effect is that they, they rip off the fur and also they shed it. Right. And the human is underneath. That's so cool. Right. It's a really, and also it is given across, like it's, it's, sorry, it's gotten across in a really visually interesting way. It's also like, that it's painful and you can see that their skin's really painful. red and like yeah. sunburnt kind of thing yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that the old school lightning effects, mm-hmm. again, I'm not sure if this was 4K HDR that was giving me the feels here, but they were really, they were really, really no, well sorry, done. sorry, that was me. What? Oh, get off. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, they were they were really. I like the. I don't know. I like old school lighting effects. I, I like that shit. Yeah, Maybe it's because I'm. A, I'm no, an old I like dude. it. Um, but anyway, that stuff looks really cool, and I think those are the best effects in the movie, to be honest. Um, and obviously, you you're gonna say you know that there are other things that you like more because you're you're a little bit more into the sort of the intricacies of CGI. Uh, and modeling and, uh, you know... Cetera, Listen, cetera. I, I, there's a lot of stuff in the movie that I don't like visual effects-wise. Um, but, you know, I think that the werewolf transformations are probably my favorite effects. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the werewolf effect at the end is shoddy. Which is... It really sucks. That he suddenly just starts morphing yeah. back and forth as, yeah. opposed to, as opposed to ripping his... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but also the hair doesn't... It looks too shiny. It looks... Yeah. There's like some weird uh, animation stuff going on there it looks like that but it was a little bit rushed but the it's re- it's really interesting because the werewolf scene at the beginning is really cool and the the werewolf scene also uh in the manner when he's right you know when, yeah. trans- it's great because the lighting there is really tricky i think to get right and they did so i, so I think cool. this is a result of as, as i was saying like i mean we're talking about 2004 2003 probably when they made this mm. um that like they had their limitations and you know when spielberg made jurassic park they they were breaking new ground mm-hmm. but they also used practical effects they didn't try and do everything in cg mm-hmm. um and uh, and i felt like summers didn't both times in in the Mummy Returns and in this, he didn't know what his limitations were, and he tried to do too much. So there are some effects that fall by the wayside and that look terrible. Yeah. Um, which is uh, you know, which is the Scorpion King, the Wall of Water, and, and the fact is that they ran out of money and they ran out of time. Yeah. Um, and and I feel like maybe you know, editing yourself a little bit might 
you know, yeah, <laughs> might have helped. I think the the throwing everything at it, in but the kitchen, the kitchen sink, sink, yeah, is like uh, not the best approach, um, especially in a movie where it's so packed with characters. Like you know, they have so many villains and so many sort of things going on, and right. in, you know, supposed uh, plot threads. Uh, things like you know, I, they even throw that line away at the end. It's like, how does it feel to be the left hand of God? But there is no real consequence to that. It's like a mention. No. Yeah. It's a mention of the idea that, that he's 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 a reincarnation of, or he is the archangel Gabriel who's lost his memory. Like, if they would have done that, if they would have gone there, that would have been cool. But like, they th- there's some stuff that really falls by the wayside. So yes, it's very bloated. And there's a lot of like stuff, but the again, yeah. I'm, I'm, but anyway, I'm, I just want to like continue, like because I'm I'm kind of heaping praise here a little bit on the uh, on the visuals. Mm. Um, as with the Mummy and the Mummy Returns, the sets are gorgeous. Yeah, they're great, and they're practical sets. Yeah, they're physical sets, and there's so much detail in there. Um, and just, so like, but this to me is the difference between something like uh, like this movie and um, and the Avengers. Even even though the movie itself, the plot, the script, the acting, you know, a lot of it, you know, some of the CGI is like, you know, is is not uh, is not great, and uh, you know, and it really does like lag um, quite a bit. The uh, the visuals still keep you like sort of glued to the screen, um, and the design is is brilliant, which is another reason why this movie is uh, you know a crime because the potential. Not just the potential of the concept, but the potential of what they actually designed and what they actually put up there on the screen and the amount of money that they had um, with a with a very shoddy script. Yeah. So yeah, I think the I think that you're making a lot of my arguments for me, and I was going to lean very heavily on visuals and visual style and world building. I think the world building there is great, and that there's a lot of um, you know in the environments there's a lot of detailing and and. And weathering as well, like it looks old. A lot of it looks very, very old, and it's, um, you know, I think that that's something that we don't, you know, we don't really take into consideration. You know, like how things, props and and like um, architectural things like uh, bookcases and whatnot and chairs, tables, like how they look weathered and how they how they look, you know, like they've they've been around for a while. That's attention to detail there that, like, you know, we we don't give movies enough credit for. And I think that I noticed that a lot in, in this movie as well. Um, also, that little town, that, that whether those... It seems to be the only town there for some reason. I'll save that for Trivial Corner, but there's, yeah, there's something about that. Okay. Um, but, like, they, they, uh, they managed to make it look like the town's sort of, like, been beset upon by... By all these different animals, and you know, like they're kind of they've had enough. They've got one cow, <laughs> you know, poor cow, poor cow, yeah. barely makes it out of that fight scene. Yeah. Anyway, we um, can do trivia corner if you want. I'm interested. I'm, you've now piqued my interest. About yeah, that. but I, I will in a second. Um, but a couple of other things. The masquerade ball seems aesthetically out of place to me. It's, it's just, a completely pointless scene. It's only it's a completely so that pointless they can scene. use that gadget. Like, visi- visually, it doesn't it doesn't work for me with the rest of the movie. Um, it suddenly starts to feel like, a, you know, like 
like labyrinth <laughs> in a way. Right. Um, I don't know. It just, I, it, I just didn't think it. Uh, and also, you got the flying Graysons up there, which I, I just didn't understand why they were there. You know, sort of swinging around on the seat like a trapeze artist. They were there so that Van Helsing could swing in. Deus ex machina. Um, yeah, indeed. Um, so yeah, I, I think that you know, if they were going to cut something, that should have been the first thing to go. Um, Shula Hensley as the creature. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a little bit of digging on this guy. He's a Broadway actor, and uh, he sure sings his way through this part. Yes. That whole thing of the... Yeah. I've never said to you, in a million years, I've never said... Well, not in a million years, but in the time that this movie has been out. Yes. I've never said to you that that is something I like about the movie. I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that you said, that you did say that it was something you liked about the movie. But like, I, I just, I spent a lot of time watching watching the second half of the movie going... Oh god, I wish the creature would just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just won't stop talking. I mean I want to live. I want you to die or <laughs> shut up. Um but well, yeah. Someone's creaturist, okay? Yeah, creaturist. I said to you uh, Okay, left hand of God, why does he have to be immortal? Uh um Kevin J. O'Connor is Igor. Um I, again, I, and I said Little. this to you. I said this to you during the movie. I said this to you during the movie. Um, the, a lot of the characters from the Mummy movies are just transplanted into this movie mm. without very much um, tinkering. Uh, I feel like Van Helsing himself is kind of a kind of budget Rick O'Connell. Yeah. Um, and the relationship they're trying to build between Anna and uh, and Van Helsing is not. Is not particularly strong, but or necessary, or necessary. They were trying to do the same thing they did with Rick and Evelyn, um, and uh, and I felt the same way with uh, with Kevin J O'Connor as Igor that he's he's uh, playing the uh, the same Benny role that he played in the Mummy, um, and I, I just feel like um, you know they they basically took the bare bones of those movies and said, hey, that worked with this. Why can't it work with this? Um, and it's just so it's just so obvious that it, it kind of pisses me off. But, um, you know, it doesn't anger, it doesn't, the movie doesn't anger me enough for me to be really scathing about it. It's just like, you know, I just come out of it every time thinking it's meh, uh, if I make it through the, mm-hmm. to the end. Um, and uh, also the other thing that I noticed uh, this time around, uh, what is it with Stephen Summers and elongated jaws? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said that, didn't you? I did indeed. Um <laughs> I don't know. Some people have a, a visual... Uh, with some people, it's pigeons flying off into the... You That's know. John Glenn. I know, yeah, no, yeah. John Woo. John Woo. Oh, well, okay. So John Woo doves, does the... Doves. Doves, yeah. So John Glenn does Sorry, the... I have uh, pigeons on the brain. John Glenn, in uh, in his five Bond movies that he uh, that he directed, um, always has somebody getting startled by um, by a pigeon uh, <laughs> at some point during the movie. And, Maybe um, he shares my fear. And in uh, in the living daylights, I think it's uh, it's one of the monkeys on uh, the rock of Gibraltar, like startles Bond. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, there is that. But everybody's got their director's trademark. I just, I you know, the elongated jaws. I don't know. I I um I said to you at the when it was at the end that the best portrayal of a Frankenstein's monster was from Penny Dreadful. Yeah. From Penny Dreadful. Yeah. I think a Rory lot of Kin- a lot of the best portrayals of those you know, literary characters come from Penny Dreadful. Like it's, it's a very dark, um, and kind of grotty as well, but Mm -hmm. very well done show. It's, it's incredible. Um, I I I love Ava Green and I also am scared of her. 
<laughs> because of that shit. Yeah. I think that the uh, the monster's portrayal and and his relationship with Frankenstein is really is really really cool. Yeah. Uh, and his the way he sort of threatens him, you know, he's like father. Brilliant. Um Yeah, but just wait till you see Monster Squad and then you might change your opinion on that, mate. Why is that? That Frankenstein's monster. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it from uh, everything else. Do oh, you want to go to Trivia Corner? Let's, Let's go, go to Trivia Corner. Trivia Corner. The film was intended to start a series of Van Helsing adventure movies. Oh, there we go. However, the reviews were bad. Box office returns were far below expectations. So all plans for a sequel were dropped within several days of the film's opening. That sucks. <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, Stephen Summers claimed in an interview he changed the main character's name from Abraham Van Helsing to Gabriel Van Helsing, as he did not think he could have a lead character named Abraham. The Irishman who wrote Dracula, Bram Stoker, named the character after himself, Bram being a shortening of Abraham. Not sure... Why? Why he couldn't name a character Abraham. What's the problem? I, I thought know. it was like a, an alternate version, so he gave him a different... Because it was supposed to be a... A nod to the Look, this is IMDb trivia, so it's got to be true, okay? Okay. Um, A spin-off television series was pitched to NBC. Okay. It was supposed to have been called Transylvania. It was to have featured a Wild West sheriff taken to Europe to battle monsters with occasional guest appearances by Hugh Jackman as Gabriel Van Helsing. The series' idea was stillborn, partly because makeup effects and location shooting in Romania would have been too expensive, and partly because the film's opening weekend box office was far below expectations, which also doomed a proposed sequel to the film, as I said before. Um, So that was what I wanted to say, was that they built the set... Um, for the uh, for the Transylvanian town, and they were going to reuse that for the TV mm. series. That was the idea. Cool. Um, Hugh Jackman had hair extensions added for filming. Really? Yeah, that changed my life. That piece of uh, information there. Thank you for adding that in. Well, thank you. Um, despite popular online rumor, that despite Yep, now that's going to be left in there. Fantastic. <sighs> Despite popular online rumors stating this was originally planned as a direct sequel to Dracula 1992 with Anthony Hopkins reprising his role, this is not the case. Stephen Summers thought up the concept for the film while vacationing after he had completed The Mummy Returns. Not surprised. Uh, vacationing on his massive piles of money. Exactly. And uh, crying himself to sleep on his huge pillar. Uh, <laughs> in, 2000- in 2009... <laughs> I hate the Colonel with his wee beady eyes. How can you hate the Colonel? Because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it for nightly smart. Okay. In 2009, a Van Helsing reimagining was announced, was announced by Universal, with Guillermo del Toro directing and Tom Cruise starring, but it failed to materialize. So that's interesting, because obviously, as we know, Tom Cruise starred in The Mummy in 2017. Um, and uh, also, like, an interesting connection here is that they wanted to start a universal uh, universe, a dark yeah. universe. Um, Van Helsing would have been a very, a perfectly good jumping off point if the mm-hmm. movie had actually done the numbers. Uh, but also, it's not unprecedented that, you know, people. a lot of people um, criticize the Tom Cruise movie for him becoming a monster at the end of it. But uh, Van Helsing goes the same way in this movie. He also becomes a, a he werewolf. Doesn't end it. He doesn't end the movie as he a monster. He doesn't end the movie as a monster, but he kind of, you know, kills Kate Beckinsale while in Monster Guys. So. a very somber ending. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... That's something I'll say for it, like, that I didn't mention before, is that it's oh, like... Oh, by the way, spoilers. 
it's um it it doesn't go the way of the the normal sort of you know Hollywood blockbuster you know Ooh, let's kiss at the end let us kiss with tongues you know um, it's it's a little bit of uh, Eddie is it for you there yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know it's it's sort of very somber allow me to laugh like Jimmy Carr now ho 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 lovely there you go um, yeah sorry go on continue with your trivia um, yeah so that that would have been interesting though. I mean, not necessarily with Tom Cruise in the lead, but Guillermo del Toro doing something called Van Helsing would have been fucking I'll watch fantastic. Anything Guillermo del Toro makes. Anything. I want to see Nightmare Alley. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Throughout the movie, it is implied that Van Helsing is the Archangel Gabriel. Mm. He mentions fighting the Romans at Masada, to which Carl responds, that was in 73 AD, referring to the siege of Masada in the First Jewish-Roman War. Later, Dracula gives his first name as Gabriel and refers to him as the left hand of God. Gabriel is considered God's messenger and was the angel to tell Zachariah and the Virgin Mary of John the Baptist and Jesus' births, respectively. All right, then. Oh, that's it. That's all I got. That's the end of Trivia Corner. Trivia Corner. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I'm done. Drop page. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Um, tick, 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 tick. Oh, the VS, uh, VFX Ooh, Attic. We're going to VFX Attic. Very exciting. Join me in the VFX Attic. Where else can you see VFX in an attic other than VFX Attic? Um, so the uh, super VFX supervisor is uh, Ben Snow. Which I said... That's good because there's snow in it. Actually, you know what? You know what happened? Sorry to interrupt you. Um, what happened was, um, I, so I as as you, really uh, as you all know, I've I've been sick for about a month and a half now, and we haven't done an episode since we did Ghostbusters, and the Ghostbusters episode was delayed because I was sick as well. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get a chance to do a Christmas episode. My excuse was going to be, if we would have done this a couple of weeks earlier, was that there's snow in it, therefore this is the Christmas episode. <laughs> um, so I don't have I don't have a lot here that we haven't already said about the VFX, but there's some stuff that's pretty cool. Um, the effects for... Do you know how they did the brides? Are you aware of uh, what they did there? Specifically the... the when they're flying. Mocap? So, or that's head replacement? It's head replacement. It's, okay. um, they put the, you know, the girls in makeup, um, and they and shot them, them on like got a... Got them to say horrible lines in, uh, in terrible right. accents. Well, oh, oh, the script oh, is oh, rubbish. We'll put it aside, oh. right? We're talking about the VFX for God. Oh, love to. Okay. Um, Mr. Hyde is mocap, which is really cool. Um, and some, uh, you know, voiceover work by, uh, Robbie Coltrane. Really yeah. Cool. Um, did uh, he did he just do the voiceover work, or was he also in the mocap suit? He wasn't in the mocap suit. He was in a, a re- voice recording uh, booth. Gotcha. Although they seem to do some uh, post processing to his voice, which is not necessary if you watch made the behind. The, made it deeper, made it more animal like. There's some really cool stuff going on in that opening sequence, uh, the black and white one. My favorite VFX shot, I think, in the movie, uh, is Dracula after he gets knocked into the fire by the monster. He comes out. And so it's a stuntman that's on fire. And they also shot a clean plate. They shot a plate with uh, uh, Richard Roxburgh in, uh, you know, in the costume, pretending that he's, you know. And what they did was they replaced the the stuntman. They 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 composited the stuntman on fire with, you know, Richard Roxburgh and, uh, you know, the the CG sort of, you know, melted face thing and have it, you know, 
turn into uh, Richard Roxburgh's face. Um, and, you know, I love that moment where he, like, pulls his lapels yeah, 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 and, and he, cool. you know, makes the fire go out. Like, that is yeah. really cool. I also like the bit with the, with the lightning where you see the, the sort of the shadow of his, like, yeah. bat self on, exactly. his, on the side of his face. Yeah. I like all the, the bits where he's like, this isn't a visual effect, but, like, he where he's walking on walls and, yeah. you know, he's changing sort of like where he, he was over there and now he's over here and yeah, yeah that's really cool um, and I also love that over the top bit where he screams and grabs the cross yeah and it and it burns that is also one of yeah. that whole scene where he's talking to him you know allow me to reintroduce myself brilliant I, I love the lisp yeah but the, the, the thing is that um, talking about Richard Roxburgh for a second um, is that he is the best thing in a few bad movies from the time, like Mission Impossible 2. Um, Do it. I'm afraid he can't. I believe I broke his jaw. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, like he's... Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he, he's he knows that he's that he's in some hokey shit, and he's just enjoying he's himself. He's doing a really good job. Really chewing the scenery is. and hamming it up. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's loving it. And you can see that he's loving it. Anyway, go on. VFX corner. There's not a lot more to say. Like, there's a lot of VFX stuff that I like. I really like the werewolves. I don't like the werewolf effect at the end. Um, I love that shot where the 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 whole chase sequence on the the the, with the horses and and the carriage. um, You know, where they do that switcheroo. That's really cool. But like, I I like how he jumps off the carriage. Where they do that switcheroo. Switcheroo. Or he jumps off the the carriage in slow motion and you know turns the gun around, guns around. And he like fires at the werewolf. I think that's really cool. Um, so there's like some really cool stuff. Uh, those were the kinds of those were the shots that got me excited in the trailer. Yeah, um, that scene where he slow motion dives with the guns that you just talked about, um, and the the bit with the lightning on the side of his face that reveals his um, reveals his bat self. Um, you know, and the, like, the, there's a, there's a lot of that kind of the windmill exploding. Yeah. You know, there's like a, a scene replacement, um, sort of, they, they did like this thing where, uh, you know, that, that moment at the beginning on the windmill when, you know, the monster is holding Frankenstein and, you yeah. know, the camera sort of pans around him. And so they've got like a lot of things going on there that it's, it's just a very convincing shot, but it's a visual effect is that, you know, you've got the lightning in the back of his head, obviously. Uh, which is a visual effect, and then you've got um, the people down below, which it's not there. It's they're on a sound stage on a blue screen, and you know the people are. But not... it helps when you take color out of the equation. Yeah, like um, the first, uh, the, the you know the beginning sequence in black and white. I'm looking at it. I'm going. I'm looking for the HDR, and obviously you can't see the HDR because it's not in color. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does hide the seams quite a lot. Yeah. So yeah, there's, a, there's I, I often think that you know. That the well, I don't think this. This is well known that color grading definitely uh, helps tie a visual effect into a scene. Um, you know, a lot better than you know how obviously you know how you composite it and how you yeah. how you make the effect look and the texturing, which you know we mentioned already, is is very important. Um, but I, I think that the black and white sort of flattening out of those colors is definitely very helpful to a lot of those effects there. Right. Um, I, yeah, I also, that, that also is why I really like that visual effect at the beginning, because you don't need all of the gore and the burnt flesh on his face, like to look bloody and whatnot. It looks gross enough. Yeah. Um, you know, just in that sort of black and white, you know, look. 
So, yeah. Anyway, that's it for VFX Attic. VFX Attic! There, is, there was a lot of artistry that went into this movie, and you can see, um, you know, in the 4K, you know, in, the, in the, all of that resolution shows you all of the texture of the makeup and, you know, all of the work that uh, the ILM did on the... Uh, it's ILM, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember that he worked with ILM on uh, Mummy and Mummy Returns. But, like, it, you see all of that, like, um, all of that work that's gone into it. And it's, uh, you know, it's not for nothing. I wouldn't say that, you know, it's like, oh, it's all rubbish and, you know, like, dump it and whatever. But as I said, like, that, that's my main problem with it is that it could have been so much better. Yeah. Um, and, I'll uh, give you that. So if, yeah. if you're a judge and you're putting so, this on trial, what's happening to it? Is it going to jail? Is so, it going to prison? No. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And I, and I thought about this before Community coming here. Community service? To, yeah. <laughs> I, thought about, I thought about this coming here tonight. We'll give it 500 hours of community service and, um, and uh, hope it sees the error of its ways. Well, I mean, um, don't you think that by now it's sort of paid off its debt to society, having been sort of ridiculed and scapegoated by so many people? Shouldn't it just be sort of time served? Are you questioning my decision, counsellor? No, no. Do you want to be held in contempt? No, judge. What the fuck are you going to do to me? I was, I'm I only I'm, little. Am I a lawyer or the, or the judge? I'm only little. Well, maybe we should bring somebody in to be the judge next time. Oh, God, she's listening to it now and she's going, I'll do it. <clears throat> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Go on, say hello. Sean. Hi, Babs. Oh, no, I was talking about Philippa. Are you talking about Philippa? Philippa, yeah. you want to come? In? No, well, but Babs could have done it as well. Um, I was thinking uh, that's Babs would be like, well, what are you talking about? I haven't it's seen this film, Jonathan. Language, Jonathan. No, she doesn't. Do that. What, what are you talking about? No, Philippa, do you want to come in, Philippa? You want to be on uh, on Zoom and uh, and uh, judge the next one? We didn't really do a lot of uh, courtroom stuff. This we week. did opening statements. We did opening statements, but I didn't object, and I didn't overall. I objected to one thing. I didn't say objection, but I objected to one thing. Overruled. There you go. Sit down, counsellor. <laughs> You're just going to sit there and eat cake now? Are you done? It's like complete. All the energy's been sapped out of you. It's all over. It's good cake. It's a good thing we came back to do a podcast after a month to do this. It's good cake. It's good cake? Yeah. yeah I'll finish mine. So. Yeah. yeah. It's too, too rich for me. Yeah. Too rich for you? Ready? A little. Hello. Okay. That's I very good though. Um, so yeah, I agree summer. with I agree with your uh, your verdict. Um, although I do I do th- I'm glad that I'm glad that when you watched it this time, you were able to concede that you know there were things to like about it. I always knew that there were things to like about it. As I said in the opening, um, the pre bit, as it were, uh, that. I was I was worried that uh, that I was going to enjoy it and that I wouldn't have anything bad to say about it. Um, well, I knew I would have some bad things to say about it, but um, you know I wouldn't be able to completely condemn it to you know to death row. Um, <laughs> wow! But like um, you know because every time I sit down to watch this movie, I'm always thinking positively about it. I'm always thinking you know. I'm going to have fun with this and I always get disappointed and I always feel like, uh, you know, the movie's kind of working against me. It's going, you think you're going to enjoy yourself? No, well, here's something else to piss you off. I still enjoyed myself. I think there's a massive stick up your butt that you need to take out. A stick up my butt? Yes, a stick up. Do not forget my butt. (laughs) (laughs) I work out every Every day. day. Um, And reaping burns many calories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I just like, I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think my opinions changed that much, but I mean, I, 
obviously I knew coming into this that it wasn't going to be Avengers level bad. Um, so to sum up, Johnny liked it. I won. Everybody rejoice. Why are you singing that? Why are you singing that? I just got that song out of my head. So the, the explanation here is that my son... Stop it. We could get sued, you know. Um, my son um, loves that song. That is, um, what's it called? Badam Badam. You can call me Al. <laughs> you can call me Al. My son used to call it Badam Badam. Um, and uh, I played it once um, when he was sort of acting up and I, I just sort of, I put it on and then we were, we were dancing around the kitchen, the, the three of us. Uh, me, my wife, and my son. Um, my my little girl was too little at the time, and uh, you know, so he got kind of addicted to that. Every time we'd be in the car, he would request that song, and I would hear it on a loop, day in and day out. And now, size just put it back in my head. After you're welcome. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> do we know what we're doing next week? Sorry, do you want to talk about that? You want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think? Do you want to do a positive one, or do you want to do one that's uh, possibly bad? Uh, well, I think we should give a few days to let people go, oh, we want to hear what you think about this. Please write to us on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever else. And then we'll look at the list. You remember you made a list yes. of movies, so we'll pick one of that. Okay, great. In the words of Richard, from Richard and Judy. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right then. Well, it's been great fun, and yeah. um, and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, please join us again. I don't. I couldn't give a shit. Enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. Well, good cop, bad cop. <laughs> it's reverse um, psychology, Jonathan. You wouldn't understand. All right. Yeah. Don't. 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 Don't, fuck, don't do us any this, fucking don't favors. Listen to this podcast. Don't listen. It's beneath right. you. You it's, know what? You wouldn't understand. You know what? Just you know what? Just fuck off, all of you. Just just, just go, go, away. Home. Go, go home. Go home. Go home. Nobody wants you here. Uh, go Anyway, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye, Bye. guys. Thank you so much. What's our seat number? Sponsored by Icky Sticky Stuff.